following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LDM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash UnscriptedBarista. Hey guys, it's Derek. Welcome to The Week in Gaming. You are listening to this live on Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience or the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network. Of course, my name is Derek. Um, Last week, I actually did have an episode recorded. Unfortunately, there were some issues with the audio and um, just trying to save it just (laughs) didn't really work out. And I unfortunately already deleted the file, so there's no episode for last week. Um, Obviously, the big story was Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. Uh, bringing in franchises such as Crash Bandicoot, Call of Duty, um, Guitar Hero, many, many other things. Um, The deal is not expected to go through until next year, I believe, somewhat like the uh, the Bethesda acquisition that we found out about that the day before the Xbox Series S and X pre-orders went live, and then that acquisition was completed, uh, I think like February or March of 2021. So yeah, it's going to take some time for it to be completely ratified and things like that. But of course, this is a huge deal for Microsoft and for the Xbox brand and things like that. Um, a lot of people, it was a huge panic. What does this hat mean for PlayStation? With the deal, it moves Microsoft to third amongst gaming companies. Uh, Tencent is two and Sony is number one. The PlayStation brand is still very, very profitable. It's by far the most profitable uh, profitable brand under the Sony umbrella. Um, PlayStation's not dead. Guys, calm down. Things happen. Microsoft is making power moves, though. You have to give it up to Phil Spencer. Uh, I was in a couple of Twitter spaces after it happened, having some conversations with people, and they asked me what I thought. And I said this, you know, it reminds me of The Godfather when after Sonny gets killed and Michael comes back from Italy and all that stuff, and, and he starts reorganizing the family, and Tom is out, and Tom's like, Michael, why am I out? And he's like, you're not a wartime consigliere. Um, I say that to say this. I don't know what Jim Ryan is planning, and I'm not saying that PlayStation needs to panic and make a move and and acquire a publisher or anything like that. Um, But they're going to have to do something to combat this, right? Um, A lot of people said they should acquire Capcom or Square Enix or Konami. Number one, as far as Capcom and Square Enix, I don't know. They do have a really good relationship with those publishers. Um, well, Capcom being more of a developer as well. Um, Konami's not going to sell. At best, they'll license the IP for exclusive use to a console for a period of time, but they're not going to sell. They will license the IP and give PlayStation exclusive rights to it for a certain amount of time, but they're not going to sell. I'm just telling you that uh, right now. That's not going to happen. Um, but I say that to say this at the same time. In the immediacy of it, I think it was a bit of panic for people who support Sony as a brand as opposed to Microsoft and Nintendo or PC gamers and things like that. Um, they don't need to panic. I don't know if they need to answer or what's going to happen. Uh, Sony stated that that they had had conversations with Phil Spencer over and the heads of Activision and things like that and that they wanted the games to remain on PlayStation consoles going forward. So... I'm going to go ahead and jump into the first story. I know that was a story in in itself, but this first story is from IGN. Uh, Activision reportedly wants to release the next three games on PlayStation despite the Xbox acquisition. After that, however, we have no idea. Although Activision Blizzard is soon uh, set to become an Xbox company, the future of Call of Duty isn't exclusive just yet. 
According to a new report, the new few, uh, the next few annual Call of Duty releases are still set to be released on PlayStation. Bloomberg says that before Xbox announced a $69 billion acquisition, I think it was right actually at about $80 billion when you get done. And it's all cash as well. Biggest deal done um, in, in the history of, you know, acquisitions. Um... The Call of Duty company is already committed to making the next few Call of Duty games available across all platforms, including PlayStation. According to Jason Schreier, this includes Call of Duty 2022, Call of Duty 2023, and Warzone, uh, Warzone 2 also planned for 2023. After these, however, the future of Call of Duty outside of Xbox and Windows platforms is less clear. Xbox boss, Phil, Xbox boss Phil Spencer tweeted last week that in a call with Sony executives, he intends to honor all existing agreements between Activision and Sony. When Xbox acquired Zenimax Media, the company also reaffirmed its commitments to existing agreements and released Arcane's Deathloop and Tango Gameworks' upcoming Ghostwire Tokyo as PlayStation 5 exclusives, but Bethesda's Starfield will be an Xbox uh, console exclusive. Sources familiar with Activision's deals say that they uh, say that for the next two years at least, Xbox will honor its commitments to release annual Call of Duty games on PlayStation, but when the acquisition is complete by 2022, Microsoft will examine the future of the franchise. This includes determining whether or not to maintain the annual release schedule of Call of Duty has kept over the years. Activision leads have reportedly discussed spacing out its new releases. So giving the franchise some time to breathe may be a good idea, but it could also backfire. I'll say that. Um, to me, this feels like what's going to happen. I think they will stay on PlayStation as a platform, but the deal that Activision and Sony had where... Sony, well, PlayStation players got the maps and, and uh, DLC and stuff like that first. I don't think that's going to remain. Or maybe it will to honor the remainder of the situation. But at some point, that could change. And I expect it to change where Xbox players get, Xbox and PC players get access to the maps and things like that first. Um, This is... This is a very, very interesting situation. Again, I had covered it in depth last week. Um... But again, the audio and the files and things like that. So I had to scrap the episode. And that's why I'm talking about it here at the top of this. Um, it's really weird that Crash Bandicoot is now an uh, Xbox property. It's ba It was basically the first mascot for PlayStation. Um, but then, you know, it was developed by Naughty Dog. But I guess Activision technically uh, acquired the IP. I don't remember exactly how that went. Um, when it was, when Crash was kind of reintroduced to us a few years back, it came to PlayStation first, I think for a year and then went to Switch and Xbox and now Microsoft can do what they want with it. Um, I envision most of these games will be like, um, the Minecraft situation when, when Microsoft acquired, uh, Mojang and Micro and Minecraft, um, you do get certain perks for playing it on an Xbox console or PC, but it's still available on the Switch as well as the PlayStation consoles. I think some of these games will go that route. Um, the cool thing is they want to revive certain properties, and Guitar Hero was the main one that uh, was mentioned, and I would absolutely love to see that. Um, I used to play Guitar Hero incessantly, so I'm really, really excited to see if they're going to bring that back. Uh, Guitar Hero parties and stuff like that stuff. I did my 20s. I'm heading into year 40 this year, so I don't know if it'll be parties or anything like that, but I would definitely love to play a next-gen version of Guitar Hero. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I I'm not really upset about the deal. Uh, again, I, I applaud Microsoft. I applaud Phil Spencer. When he took over, um, 
yeah, it just didn't, it, it was really, really, really bleak for Microsoft, and Phil was able to change things. Uh, he was able to turn things around, first by taking the Kinect out of the box and dropping the price of the Xbox $100, then bringing uh, backwards compatibility from the 360 to the Xbox One, and then taking it back to the original Xbox. Um, cloud gaming, the, um, the One S and then the One X, um, I think Phil's, Phil and his team have done a great job. And then obviously the Zenimax acquisition and now the Activision acquisition. I think Phil's done a phenomenal job, so I want to applaud him. My next story comes from IGN. Uncharted devs seem to want to make another sequel. It's a world we want to see more of. I think we can say for certain that we can never say never. This is awesome because um, at the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Patreon, the uh, Legacy of Thieves collection just launched for the PlayStation 5. I think it, I'm not sure what date they have for PC yet. No word on that. And if you're listening to this on Monday on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network or YouTube, then yeah, you guys also have the option to play that right now. Um, I love Uncharted. It was one of the things I remember having my PlayStation 3 and I played a lot of MLB The Show and a lot of other games. Uh, I think uh, Heavenly Sword was one of the first ones that really sold me Resistance. I remember being at work and having a Game Informer and, and going through it and there was a full pullout for uh, of Nathan Drake hanging from the U-boat and looking. I was like, this looks really cool. And I worked second shift, so I got off at 1130 at night and there was a Walmart in between my job and my home. I worked 15 minutes away from my home and I went to Walmart and bought the game and went home, popped it in and played till like two, three in the morning. And I was enthralled with Uncharted from that point on. And it's been one of my favorite series since then. So I always want to see more of Uncharted. Um, Uncharted creative director Sean Eskies, uh, Eske has hinted that developers at Naughty Dog would like to make another sequel in the blockbuster series, saying it's a world we want to see more of. As part of an interview with Games Radar, uh, Eske offered fans a slight hope that perhaps there could be more to come from the Uncharted franchise when speaking about his thoughts on the topic. Quote, I think we can say for certain that we can never say never. Yeah, Uncharted is a franchise we love that the studio loves. I love an Uncharted The Lost Legacy director Kurt Marginal loves. Uh, it's a world we want to see more of, so I can certainly say that. While the creative director didn't share any studio secrets and certainly didn't confirm that a new Uncharted game is on its way, his comments will have left Uncharted fans hoping there's a chance the series could make a return beyond remasters. Recent reports indicate that the Days Gone studio Sony Ben had at one point been working on a new Uncharted project and rumors had circulated for some time before that about a new entry in the series. Whether those rumor projects have continued remains unknown. Past Uncharted games continue to arrive in new forms, however... Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, which includes remasters of Uncharted 4, A Thieves Inn, and Uncharted Lost Legacies, due out for release on PS5. Um, that's January 28th with a PC version to follow. Um, I have them from my PlayStation 4 generation, um, both A Thieves Inn and Lost Legacy. So when I log into my PlayStation account on my PS5, or even if you just do it from a browser, if you log in, it shows that you've purchased it. So you pay $10 to upgrade that version. So you get it on PS5 for 10 bucks, which isn't bad. Uh, the game includes a variety of graphical updates, including a fidelity mode, which allows fans to play the game on a 4K display at 30 FPS, a heightened frame rate patch that allows PS4 versions of the game to target 60 FPS, and a performance plus mode, which targets 120 FPS at 1080p, uh, to see how the game performs against those targets, make sure to check out the recently released performance review for the game, and that's over at IGN. 
Um, while Legacy of Thieves may not be the next Uncharted remaster to release, it isn't the only Nathan Drake-themed content in the pipeline. Next month, we'll see the theatrical release of Sony's Uncharted, the movie starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as Victor Sullivan. I love both these guys. I just don't know if either of them screams Sully or Nate, and Nathan Fillion was right there. That's all I'm saying. But um, this should be cool. I can't wait to play this. Um, the updated version, obviously, from PlayStation 5 and God knows you guys know that I'm in a position right now where I have to pay to get my PlayStation uh, repaired because it started having issues right after the warranty ended, which always is a great thing, right? But good news on the PC front. Uh, I got an email from Asus earlier in the week saying that it could be a while before I get my power supply back because of COVID and restraints and things like that. And then I actually got one Friday morning saying that it is on the way via FedEx. So I'm happy about that. Pop it back in, get my PC going. And then I'll send my PlayStation 5 off to be repaired. My next story comes from uh, IGN. Elden Ring has been designed to reduce player stress without reducing enemy difficulty. Also, congratulations to the people over at From Software. Elden Ring has gone gold. And also, Horizon Forbidden West has gone gold as well. So both of those games are going to be on time releases. A uh, new gameplay overview of Elden Ring has revealed From Excuse me, from software's focus on making sure players aren't overly stressed while playing the game, but seemingly without reducing the difficulty you expect from Souls games enemies. Speaking during Taipei Game Show, producer Yashiro Katao repeatedly explained how elements of the game have been tooled to reduce player stress. In effect, making the game difficult in the right places, but gentler in how you reach them. With the game's world uh, being so large, that can produce real depth and breadth of enjoyment, but can also lead to unnecessary stress for some players, explained Katao. The dev team has been very careful to avoid uh, that where possible. Interviewer Mizao Araki replied, With battle already being fairly difficult, I can understand wanting to reduce stress elsewhere. Katao agreed, yes, especially as the enemies are so strong. With that in mind, it seems Elden Ring's enemies and bosses will be as tough as you'd hope and fear from a new game from the Dark Souls developer, but Katao made clear that a number of changes have been made to how you get to them. Elden Ring's new ability to summon and ride a horse, for example, has been touted as a major part of that focus. Horses provide a stress-free method of traveling across long distances. The players, uh, the player needs to travel in the game, explained Katao. So, a la, um, I think, what was the first game where we really got to ride a horse? Um, Ocarina of Time introduced a pony, I believe, so that's that. And then uh, most Zelda games have had a pony in it after that, and then... Um, ghost and red dead redemption and, and stuff like that so the horse i guess is is the new thing for open world games and traveling long distances he continued that your horse's ability to travel up air currents was also a part of that thinking that system was introduced as a means of quickly and enjoyable enjoyably moving vertically vertically upward in order to explore those higher areas that feels very zelda-ish right there just gonna say that on the theme of getting around Elden Ring's huge map, Katal also explained that fast travel to locations you've already visited was introduced as a way of combating stress and offering freedom to players. That freedom itself is a way of allowing the player a smoother journey through the world, allowing you to turn back from an area you might be finding too tough, to, uh, try somewhere else, and return later on having leveled up your character. As an example, Katal pointed out that the Stormville area and boss from the game's uh, network test could be avoided completely in full game or returned too much later. In terms of regular enemies, Katao said it was a major challenge to balance the map feeling too empty or too full of encounters. The challenge was to place enemies in a way that would keep players interested, but still provide them with a low-stress experience. This applies to item distribution as well uh, in the in-game events. Fine-tuning these places and timings have been going on until the very end. 
He also confirmed that in-game time of day or weather effects won't alter enemy placements significantly, although a very small number of enemy types will appear only at night. Changing enemies for all times of day would create a kind of pressure on users to play the game at various different times. Explain Katal, we felt this was a stress our users could do without. Perhaps the biggest change to the established rules of a Souls game comes on how the game deals with checkpointing in certain particularly difficult areas. As with previous games, players collect experience, now called runes instead of souls, that are dropped when they die, but can be collected again. However, the process of respawning can now be a little different. With the map being so vast, traveling back to collect runes can become an unwanted stress for the players, said Katow. With that in mind, we have identified a number of difficult spots, places with lots of enemies or powerful foes, as points at which many players will die and need to reattempt that challenge. The player is able to select the option of respawning very near the spot of their death or these locations. This kind of measure is another example of the team's efforts to implement systems to mitigate player stress caused by the sheer magnitude of the game map. Uh, it's clear then that Elden Ring will be a game that allows you to get those difficult fights more smoothly than previous games simply because of the sheer distances involved. It's also going to let you choose what you want to play along the way a little more freely, with Katow making clear that the game can be finished in 30 hours. But, but with dozens of hours of extra content to play on top of that, the interview also revealed that the game has finally gone gold. Again, I said that earlier and shouldn't suffer any more delays to its February 25th release date. So you'll get to experience all this new open world has to offer you very soon. Um, I'm not playing this game. I'm commenting on it because it's gaming news and some of you guys do intend on playing this game, but it's not for me. I'm not a Souls uh, game guy. Uh, I've tried the genre. Everybody really, really loved Bloodborne on PlayStation 4, and I gotta be completely honest with you, it did nothing for me. And everybody's like, well, you do it again. And I tried it on my PlayStation 4, and then I was like, nope, didn't do anything for me. Luckily, I didn't pay for it because I it, they gave it away and PlayStation Plus at a time. So I added it to my library. Um, probably, I don't know, five, six months after the launch of the PS5, I downloaded it on my PS5, tried it again. Nope, still hated it. So yeah, I don't know. Everybody loved, um, I think it was Demon Souls, the one that launched with the PlayStation 5. My friends have said a lot about that. A lot of people talk to me about Souls games all the time. They just do nothing for me. So it's not a game I'm going to be playing, but... For you guys who are looking forward to it, I know a lot of people I follow on Twitter are really, really amped about it. So they're looking forward to this. And again, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, I know those who played the stress test said it was awesome. Again, just not for me, but I hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> next story goes back to our very top story about the Xbox acquisition, or I'm sorry, Microsoft gaming acquisition of Activision. Phil Spencer is eager to revisit abandoned Activision franchises. You can't name drop Guitar Hero like that. I'm so, so anxious to see if this really happens. Anyway, there are a lot of questions still left to be answered following Microsoft's announcement that it will acquire Activision Blizzard. But with everyone involved keeping details close to the chest, some details are beginning to emerge, including Phil Spencer's excitement to dive into Activision Blizzard's library of retired franchises. Speaking, excuse me, speaking briefly with the Washington Post, Spencer avoided talking about the future of ongoing blockbuster franchises like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft under Microsoft. Which tells me something. I'm not saying Call of Duty's going um, Microsoft, Xbox, PC exclusive. I'm just saying there's going to be some major changes after the, these next three years. I'm going to say that. Uh, Spencer spoke about the Overlook franchises Activision owns that Microsoft will get access to. I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go, Spencer said. King's Quest, Guitar Hero, I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. Um... Spencer says once the deal is finalized, it's expected to close by the summer of 2023, so next summer. 
the Xbox team will speak with uh, its many developers about what possible franchises from Activision Blizzard they might like to work on. In recent years, Activision Blizzard has pointed um, its many t teams toward key franchises with studio like Toys for Bob, now lending support for Call of Duty and Diablo, but this deal could potentially free them to pursue different opportunities within the Xbox game studios. Uh, Toys for Bob, I think, would be perfect for a new Guitar Hero, I'm just saying. As for the question of what will happen to the biggest franchises like Call of Duty, Spencer revealed on Twitter just today he spoke with Sony leadership about keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation. But as with the nature of business, the wording is key, and even the experts are still deciphering Call of Duty's future on PlayStation. Um, Microsoft also now owns Overwatch as well, and I know there's been a lot of controversy about Overwatch 2's development, and a lot of people think that they only even mentioned it because all the bad shit was happening over at over, uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, also noted last week, Bobby Kotick made a ton of money, is going to make a ton of, mo ton of money on this deal. Uh, he will stay in place over at Activision Blizzard until the deal closes. At that point, he will then leave. I know a lot of people want him out of there now. And he should fucking, he should have been out of there before this was even a, a dream, but it is what it is. Also noted in last week's episode that didn't post because of the technical issues. Um, Microsoft isn't the only uh, company that reached out about acquiring Activision Blizzard. EA actually contacted them first. But I guess the, the numbers weren't exactly right or they didn't feel the deal was right. So they held off on that. But of course, uh, they are now, as soon as that deal closes, they will be a part of Microsoft Gaming. So um, speaking about something else that, you know, due to that deal, Stone, Sony stock unfortunately took a big hit. Uh, reportedly $20, 20 billion hit after Xbox Activision announcement. Shares reportedly fell by 13% in Tokyo on Wednesday. Uh, I think the ac the acquisition was announced Tuesday of last week. Sony stock reportedly took a $20 billion hit after Xbox announced that it is set to acquire Activision Blizzard. As detailed in a report by Bloomberg, Sony Group Corp shares reportedly fell by 13% in Tokyo on Wednesday, just the day after Microsoft announced its $68.7 billion deal with Activision Blizzard. As per the report, the drop itself is the largest single fall in stock uh, in Sony stock since October of 2008. That's very interesting. That that may be around the time where the PlayStation Network got hacked. It is it? It's got to be somewhere. Eh, maybe not exactly, but I don't know. That was when Sony was really. They were in the doghouse. The PlayStation Three wasn't doing well initially, and they had to really fight to get back in that race. Um, the acquisition will bring a wide range of new franchises into Xbox domain, including the likes of Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Warcraft, and much more. In comparison, last year, Xbox announced that it had acquired ZeniMax, the parent company of Bethesda, for a deal worth $7.5 billion. With the company's latest takeover offering a ludicrous number of high-profile IPs, it's no surprise that the price on the deal dwarves its earlier acquisitions by a vast margin and has seemingly, inter uh, seemingly resulted in Sony's stock taking a hit. Over recent years, Sony and Xbox have both taken different approaches to encourage players to purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over recent years, Sony and Xbox have both taken different approaches to encourage players to purchase their latest consoles. While PlayStation has seen great success by offering a number of exclusive IPs and titles such as Insomniac Spider-Man, Naughty Dog's The Last of Us, and Gorilla's Horizon Zero Dawn, Xbox has in instead opted down a subscription service Game Pass as a way to bring additional players into the fold. Game Pass is probably the best value in gaming, I will say that. While last year Game Pass subscriptions were reported to have slowed down, a recent statement from Xbox box Phil Spencer explained that the service has now reached over 25 million subscribers. I am one of them. 
The announcement came paired with the news that Microsoft would offer as many Activision Blizzard games as we can within Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Once the acquisition had been complete, a move that's sure to increase its subscriber count by even more. At present, it's unclear exactly which Activision Blizzard Xbox games plans uh, Xbox plans to make exclusive to its consoles and which will still be available for PlayStation uh, customers. However, given that Bethesda's upcoming release of Starfield is set to launch as an Xbox first-party exclusive, it feels likely that PlayStation fans could be set to lose out on at least some releases in the future. For more news surrounding Xbox acquisition of Activision Blizzard, again, uh, head on over to IGN. Um, In my opinion, I don't own stock in Sony or Microsoft, so I'm going to say this and I don't really be like, he's full of shit. He wants Sony to win. This is not a console war. And it never was for me because I own each console. It's more of a content war now more than anything, right? They're licensing these things, and now you can stream games. You can stream on your Xbox now without even actually downloading the game. You, I stream to my iPad and my MacBook sometimes. All you have to do is sync an Xbox controller with, uh, with them. Having said this, it probably is in their best interest to go the Minecraft route and allow at least Call of Duty to still be on PlayStation. That's just the way it looks to me because there's a huge player install base on PlayStation. Um, consoles are expensive. Microsoft could sell a lot of consoles as a result of this, but I think that if you leave it multi-platform, you're going to make much more money. And you could still get the licensing fee from Sony from them having the game on their console. I think it's better business to keep it there. Do I think it'll happen? I don't know. I know that for sure there's going to be some Activision IP that is exclusive to Xbox. But also, if you it with Call of Duty, it's not going to run on a Switch, right? So we're not worried about that. But Overwatch came to the Switch around the same time they announced Overwatch 2. So when Overwatch 2 comes, are you going to make it exclusive to xbox as a way to try to knock sony off the pedestal but then you're also cutting off nintendo you're cutting off a very large player base and with call of duty it's different because pc is basically still the microsoft ecosystem because pretty much every pc in the world runs windows right i don't know anybody that still uses linux or unix or anything like that um but you can't play Call of Duty on a Switch. However, you can play Overwatch on a Switch, just like you can play Minecraft on a Switch. So it would behoove them to leave certain certain titles to be multi-platform. But if Call of Duty went exclusive to Xbox, I would not be surprised. I just wouldn't. My last story, a lot of people keep asking me about Grand Theft Auto 6. I'm going to tell you this, like I tell you guys every single time. If you want Grand Theft Auto 6, stop playing Grand Theft Auto 5. I'm just going to start there. However, Grand Theft Auto 6 release nearing final stages as radio station song list is leaked. Here's one thing. Number one, this is a leak. This doesn't mean it's true. There were so many leaked maps, and it's like, this is the Red Dead Redemption 2 map. And it was not the map. So take this with a grain of salt. Um... <clears throat> The article says Rockstar's long-awaited GTA 6 game may be nearing completion, according to insiders. The game has reportedly finished compiling songs for its in-game radio stations, which famous, uh, famously play a combination of hit tracks from Real World and some hilarious in-game satire. This is typically marked one of the last stages of development for previous Grand Theft Auto games. Grand Theft Auto 5 had song lists leaked just a month before its release date. While it's unlikely we're, uh, we're, month, we're one month away from GTA 6, it could mean that Rockstar fans are one step closer to the franchise's next big installment. We haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen a teaser. We've seen nothing. We don't even know what consoles it's going to be on. Obviously, I'm going to guess P4, 
PS5, Xbox Series consoles, and PC. It's not going to run on Switch. I don't know if they're going to develop back for the Xbox One or PlayStation 4 generation. I would imagine current gen and PC. Um, but again, no trailer. We don't know what the story is going to be. We don't know the name of the character or anything like that. It's not coming out next month, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's number one. Um, GTA News and Leaks shared a post from Matthias Victor, a rock star insider who has reliably shared information before. Again, grain of salt. His tweet, which translated from Spanish, read, Something internal was revealed to me recently, but I can't say much, referring to some songs from some radio stations that may be present in the next title in the Grand Theft Auto franchise. Um, <clears throat> GTA News and Leaks explained, in, uh, explained the significance of this saying. It is believed radio stations and songs are the last step in late-game development. Past GTA 6 leaks suggest it entered GTA 6's, uh, suggested it entered GTA 6's in 2019. Um, here's the thing. According to the source, GTA 6 will include the following songs. Domino Dancing by the Pet Shop Boys, Odessa by Caribou, Nonsense Youth by Santa Gold, Numb by Rihanna featuring Eminem. Grand Theft Auto 5 featured some classic tunes, including the next episode by Dr. Dre, phenomenal song. Also, look forward to the Super Bowl halftime show with Dre, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop, Eminem. That's going to be crazy. Uh, Peace of Mind by Boston, ADHD by Kendrick Lamar. Another fabulous song. While none of the songs on GTA 6 have yet been publicly confirmed, Snoop Dogg did accidentally let it slip that he has collaborated with Dr. Dre to make the first tracks in six years for it. Those tracks actually ended up on the DLC, the Grand Theft Online uh, DLC that featured Lincoln and Dr. Dre. So no, Snoop was not working on GTA 6 tracks. Um, again, here's the thing. When things happen, you usually know there's a rollout. Now, we have to give credit to the Queen because Beyonce kind of changed the game in late 2013 when she released her self-titled album at the stroke of midnight on iTunes. And it was exclusive to iTunes and you couldn't get it on CD or anything like that for like a week or two. Um, it was a 13-song uh, 13 video visual album and it surprised the hell out of everybody and then everybody started doing surprise drops and then or they tweet and be like yo my new stuff is out at midnight that's not happening in the gaming world because yes it does take producing an album is a lot cheaper now because we all have a laptop and all you need to do is get a microphone and an audio interface and record and then they can mix it later you can record in your kitchen and it can be mixed later and it could sound like it came out of a out of electric lady studios or something like that or the hit factory in new york or miami right so it's different so it's a lot cheaper to produce an album the production um is a bit different and also the promotion of it is a lot different as well because we used to find out about album artwork in magazines now we find out it i think take care the drake released the album artwork for take care on the october's very own blog and then after that you just released the artwork on your instagram account so it's a lot different this is not going to happen in gaming you're not going to do a surprise release of a game why because you need the you want the pre-order money number two if you drop grand theft auto for pc PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, it's going to be $70. Take-Two is on the $70 train as well. If you don't have that money set aside, people have bills. And it's like, oh, it's out now. And then you're expected to run to Target or Walmart, and then it's going to sell out there. Or you could buy the digital copy from the storefront, and that's all fine. But the pre-order prepares you for the release. They're not going to 
Rockstar Take Two, they're not giving up on the pre-order, right? That's going to be a thing. So they're not just going to say, hey, we don't care about the pre-order. It's out now. Go buy it. That's not going to happen. Number two, game development costs way too much money for them to not do a proper rollout and promotion of this game, right? That's not going to happen. So when, when Grand Theft Auto 6 is ready or it's anywhere near ready, Rockstar is going to let us know. They're going, like, when when Red Dead Redemption 2 was coming, we knew something was going to happen because Rockstar changed their Twitter profile pic to a black and, to the, the R, and it was black and red. And everybody's like, oh, shit, we're getting Red Dead 2 information. And the next day, we got, I think it was a seven-second teaser trailer. And then we started to get more info every couple of months, you know, trailers and, and cinematics and gameplay trailers and all that stuff. And it actually, we got that, that teaser in October of 2016, and it was, I believe, the same day we kind of got the teaser for the Switch. The game didn't come out till October of 2018. It still took two years. And until the game is gold, you're not like, you have to remember, um, Cyberpunk went gold and still got delayed. Cyberpunk got delayed three times within the release year. And the last, it went gold, and we're like, okay, finally we're getting it. It was supposed to come out November. It actually was supposed to come out the same time as the PS5 and the Series X and S. And then it didn't come out till December 10th. So games can, can go gold and still get delayed. We're not getting this anytime soon. I don't know if this song list is real. Again, temper your expectations. Take this all with a grain of salt. But you're not getting Grand Theft Auto 6 in 2022. And remember... I said it here first, and I'm sure there's other gaming podcasts and stuff like that that are saying it as well. You're not getting that game this year, so don't get your hopes up. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. Uh, tell your friends, patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience. Subscribe, and <clears throat> excuse me, you can also listen on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network and on YouTube. As always, my name is Derek. I encourage you all to believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't, nobody else will. That's all the time I got. Peace out.